What's up and welcome back to the Simbin Podcast. I'm your host, John Burnett, along with Ryan and Andrew, as usual. Uh, what's going on, boys? We are Feeling back. Good. We're all back together again. Yeah, Ryan, we missed you. Yeah, I, I tell you what, I, I like talking about sports a lot more than I like working. Yeah, I just all. got back from a nice little uh, Buffalo Wild Wings trip, and, uh, you know, I'm never in a bad mood after I leave that place, you know? And uh, it's Friday night, I'm going to be hitting the... Uh, the old Bud Light soon. It's a uh, it's good good time to be alive right now. Officially, uh, Bud Light Lime and Bud Light Orange season, according to our friends at Anheuser Busch. That's right. I saw that. Yeah. Today's the first day, so. And they, listen, they released listen. they released what the lemon tea. Yeah, lemon tea. I don't tea. know how that's gonna. Like I I was kind of hoping they would just come out with a lemon. I don't know if lemon tea is gonna because I'm not really a big tea person. So I don't I don't know. I'll definitely I'll, have to kick the tires on it. We'll see. I mean, I'm I'm gonna give Bud Light the benefit of the doubt. I mean, they they normally knock it out of the park. Right. Well, speaking of beer, uh, the conference finals for the NHL playoffs are underway. Yeah, speaking of beer, we have Bruins, Hurricanes, and we have Sharks, Blues. Uh, let's start in a Western Conference because we are recording this on a Friday. Game one of the Eastern Conference Finals was last night. We will yeah. get into that. Uh, the Blues beat the Stars in overtime in Game 7, which was very wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patty Maroon had the goal. Yep. you got you got to love it when a guy is scoring for his hometown team. I, I just – because the, the reaction, I think, is just more genuine than, uh, than uh, in other instances. Let me, uh, let me give you guys this real quick. Space 53 shots. Blues control. This is Thomas. Thomas shoots. It's behind him. It's the pick of the ring. I mean, you got you guys can't obviously you can't see it because it's audio but like his reaction after scoring that goal. I don't know if I've ever seen him <laughs> skate that fast. Ryan, I know uh being a uh, former Anaheim Duck, you've seen him skate. He never saw the ice in overtime because he was so slow, but he scored that goal and rocketed out of the, <laughs> the crease. He was so excited. Uh, that was that was a cool moment. I was really happy for him. He uh, had a cool moment with his son. Yeah, I saw that too. That was nice. If you, if you didn't feel get... Good, feel good moment. If you didn't get somewhat emotional uh, list, or watching his son shed a tear, that's you, you, you don't have a you're not human. I'm sorry. But it was enjoyable for Patrick Maroon and the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, this is one of those games that I guess you kind of expect because of the way your team is now built and the way the Blues are built. Yeah, absolutely. You know, first period wasn't really our period. I thought the goalie handled the puck too much for us to get our forecheck. And then the second and third period, when we dump pucks in, we're a hard team to handle. We're, we have a really big team up front, and it starts with our fourth line, and big guys like me, Luch, Cast, Latestu, um, Hendricks, dry saddle we go in there and protect pucks and we create offense and energy for our team and that's what we need to do every night is that kind of what led to what turned into an important goal to at least give you a point uh oh jesus i'm i'm so sorry yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's from two, that's, that's from 2016 i was about to say it's the wrong audio but whatever it's all we, good we, he does he does in that video end up talking about his son seeing him score i don't know shit i don't know why that popped up all right I feel, I feel like this is why you got to prepare for podcast, folks. Not professional. Either whatever. way, either way, uh, his son crying uh, after he realizes that his dad scored the goal 
beautiful moment in my opinion. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't get much better than that. Do I actually kids. I can't believe I did that. Do it for the kids. I I gotta walk that one off. Yeah. You gotta always read the dates on the uh, day that YouTube uh, video was posted, kids. We are off to a hot start. I'm a living, breathing example. I will say, regarding overtime, uh, Andrew Cogliano had a chance to win it, and it flubbed off his stick. Another former duck. If you if you really want a feel good moment, uh, just a good guy, respected well around the league, mm-hmm. that's your guy that you want scoring that overtime goal to send send the stars to the Western Conference Finals. Did you guys see uh, Jamie Benn's chance, like, probably five minutes earlier, where he came around and almost put a wraparound by uh, yeah. Bennington? Well, Bennington was sensational in overtime. Yeah, I thought that I, – I, initially, I thought that puck went in, and the ref just didn't see it. But it's it, like – It was close. It, puck was right on the goal line. Yeah. But you know how she goes – Whole vulcanized rubber has to cross the line. Yes, yes. Uh, my roommate actually asked me about that. He asked how much of the puck's got to cross the uh, line, and I said all of it. Yeah, it's got to be white in between. Yep, got to be white on both sides. Um, the Sharks and Avalanche also played a game seven. Well, do you want do you want to do the uh, the rankings? Yeah, we'll do it. We'll, we'll do it. Let's cover let's cover this series first. Okay. Uh, the Avalanche Sharks game seven. Uh, it was two to one in the, I believe it was the second period. Did I have that wrong? Yep, second period. So it was two, two to one, and then I believe the Avalanche had a goal called off. Ryan, you got anything on that? Yeah, I believe was it Landis Skog that was coming back to the bench, or was it McKinnon? I do, I do not remember. It was one of the big guys. Um, I was just getting back to my hotel room as that happened, but I will tell you I've seen uh, pictures of the skates in the bench. So, I mean, once you're in the bench, you're you're yeah, on sides. Once your one foot is in the bench, you're good. Yeah. So, I, and it was a coach's challenge, so it wasn't it wasn't reviewed by you know it wasn't Toronto saying they needed to review the goal. Uh, I. I mean the the reviews the coaches challenges are that's that's one of the dumbest things I think you can review in sports challenge and offsides that had no impact on the actual goal itself. I mean we saw it with the uh, what was it the Penguins Predators Stanley Cup final uh, a couple years ago where uh, it was a challenge for an offsides and uh, it I wasn't, yeah I think I talked about that in our first episode it, the it, Predators. It was, Got totally shafted. Yeah, but he was onside. No, it was. But I mean, if if you can't, if a referee can't decipher whether you're on and off with the naked with the naked eye in live time, should it? Should you really go back on replay to figure it out? If it led to a goal in that possession, yes, I feel you should because sometimes sometimes the linesman can't get to the blue line in time. Or like, or if it's on the other side, the defense, can't. the defensemen are still there. They can still play the game. It doesn't directly impact. A breakaway is the only thing it could directly impact. Right. So, like, where would you draw the line then, Ryan? There, there shouldn't be any offsides, reviews, or challenges in the league whatsoever. So even on breakaways, if they completely butcher it, 
I mean, I think it's there, there's just the line would be too. There wouldn't be a concrete line if that were the case. So that's that's why I would say just do away with the whole uh, review process. All right, Can so I, Johnny, do you remember? Yeah, I was going to bring this up. I know exactly where you're going. Uh, the 2012 playoffs, first round, Flyers, Penguins. That's in, that's exactly what I was going to say. That was really impressive. Danny, <laughs> Danny, Danny Briere was offsides by about I'd say three feet. Yeah, it like I felt I almost felt guilty about it. I I, I saw that. I was like, oh my god, he was offsides by a mile. Yeah, and that they were down three nothing, and that was their first goal, and that's oh, yeah. what sparked the comeback. Oh yeah, that brought them all the way back. Uh, that yeah, and that would be Borchek ended up getting the OT winner. That would be my argument for the offsides challenge. Right. Yeah, because it's like that literally directly led to a goal. Mm-hmm. That's called offsides. The Flyers don't score there, and who knows? The Penguins might win that game, might not. We might have fought back. I don't yeah. know. Who knows if we even win the series at that point? I know that's like a huge stretch, but like winning game one goes a long way. I don't know. It's over though. Yeah, but that's and just... the Flyers got their ass beat by the Devils in the second round anyway. So yeah, and the Penguins now have three cups in the Crosby era, so they're yeah. okay. Yeah, I'd say I'd say they made out pretty well with that. <laughs> so if there's Penguins fans still bitching about that call, uh, yeah, go fuck like, yourself. They're watching. They're watching highlights of their uh, 2016 and 2017 ones, and they're like, "That damn Briere shouldn't have. That goal shouldn't have counted." And, and we would have had four. It's just and oh nine. It's just like what? you can complain about one call when we haven't won a cup <laughs> since '75. Get out of here. Right, exactly. Uh, the first, the right. first non-original six team to win a Stanley Cup. <laughs> We're all like, oh, yeah, the Flyers, baby. They're going in plenty. Yeah. There we are. All right, Angie, let's, let's, let's have that ranking. What do we got here? All right, so we'll throw it back to uh, what we were talking about with uh, Pat Maroon, uh, him being a uh, playing for the Blues, but he is, an orig- he is originally a St. Louis native. So we got a very special edition of the rank similar. This is going to be all St. Louis-based. You guys ready? Uh-huh. Okay. If you guys don't mind, please rank from five to one. All right? We got Pat Maroon, The Gateway Arch, mm. Nelly, my favorite beverage, Bud Light, and last but certainly not least, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, Randy Orton. The master of the RKO. All right, you know the drill. Johnny starts it off, ranked from five to one. Ball's in your court. Oh, I'm starting? Oh, jeez. Let me go. Let me go Maroon at five. Uh, Orton, four. Arch, three. Nelly two, Bud Light one. Wow, was not I was not expecting that. What? That's thinking explain of. yourself a little bit there. What do you want me to explain? Do well, do you watch wrestling at all? I do not. So why is it Orton four? Do you just hate Pat Maroon then? I don't. I I don't hate Pat Maroon. It's not that. Speaking um, from the guy who owned or once owned a Patrick Maroon Anaheim Ducks. Jersey shirt. Oh, I, I, I still have it. It doesn't fit me. It doesn't fit my fat ass anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's why. Well, it's, uh, I mean, it was a medium. Do you want me to get your? Yeah, I, I, I was I was gonna say it was a medium. It's not like you're that not, was. You're not 18 forever. 
I was gonna say it was a medium that was thirty pounds ago. I know. Um, Through some wash cycles. The gateway arch would be way lower. I I don't know. I don't know why that thing's so significant. It's just like an upside down U. Uh, I have seen it in person. Uh, yeah. Driving by St. Louis. As have I. Um, it's not exciting. I, I mean, I would like to see it just to say that I did, but like I wouldn't be like telling my grandkids like, oh, I saw I th- the gateway arch. I think the reason I put it at three is because uh, Bush Stadium, where the Cardinals play, you can see it in the background. I, I think that's really cool. Yeah. That's I was much more interested in the baseball stadium. Yes. Yeah, I would be too, definitely. But, I mean, that's, the way... That's, I've heard that that's such a beautiful park. The way that they orchestrated it in the architecture, where it's through uh, right center, and you can definitely see it. I mean, I think that's pretty, pretty cool. So, uh... Yeah. All right, go ahead, Ryan. Arch is definitely going at number five for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we have Pat Maroon. Um, you got Pat Maroon, I'm, um, I'm missing Nelly, oh, okay, Randy no. Orton, and Bud Light. Nelly, Nelly, Nelly. Nelly, we saw Nelly actually in person. Brian and I. They opened up for a, or he opened up for Florida Door to the Line. I mean, I, mm, I think I'll put Pat Maroon at number four. Mm. He, uh, I liked him as a duck, but um, when he went to Edmonton, his uh, his reputation has forever been tainted. Because he stole the puck. Stole the puck. He's. He's a guy that you want on your team, but Expl- explain the uh, the puck stealing, Ryan. Explain this puck stealing. Yeah, I think you're better off at it. Um, all right. So apparently, uh, the Ducks have a tradition where if they win a game, they like take the game puck and put it on a shelf or whatever. This is for, for the playoffs, game. by the way. Play- oh, it's just play- for the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was for the regular season. Anyway. But uh, so yeah, they were playing Edmonton in the second round a couple of years ago, and Pat Maroon, being the former Duck, then on the Oilers, uh, knew that they were going to want the puck. So Perry, uh, and it's it's so fitting that it, it was Perry trying to get it because he's Corey Perry's like the ultimate savage. Pat Maroon knew that Perry was going to try to get that puck to bring it to the locker room, and he he picked it up right before Perry did, and Perry's like, "Yo, give me the puck, give me the puck." And he's like, "No." So he took it back with him to the Oilers locker room and threw it in the garbage. And yeah. uh, I actually, like, I can see as a, a, like, the Ducks faithful would, like, take offense to that, but I think it's really funny. And uh, it's, it's, like, equally petty. To, that's totally something that Corey Perry would do had the, the roles been reversed. I definitely do not dislike Patrick Maroon, but uh, he, just not, not, I do not have the same feelings that I did when he was wearing an Anaheim sweater. Mm-hmm. It's like Corey Perry. I don't know many people outside of the Ducks faithful that like Corey Perry. Going off of that, uh, the orchestrator of the RKO is coming in at number three. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to go with Nelly at number two. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was great. He was great in New Jersey. And, of course, my 12-ounce friend from St. Louis, Missouri, always in that beautiful blue can't get better than a nice cold Bud Light. 
Yeah, Bud Light will never let you down. Any anybody who knows us knew uh, you could just go ahead and put Bud Light at one. That was going to be a lock. Still waiting for that sponsorship and, by, uh, from Anheuser Busch. And uh, Luke Combs just had a new song come out on Wednesday titled "Beer Never Broke My Heart," and the right. lyric goes, "An ice cold long neck beer never broke my heart," and I couldn't be couldn't be any more correct. <laughs> the only time the only time it breaks my heart is when I don't have any of them left. Right, exactly. You go through withdrawal. That's oh. why I buy them in such huge bulk. <laughs> they're, they're cheap severe, in Arizona, Johnny. Severe withdrawal. Yes, I know they are. Pa- Pennsylvania is uh, the most expensive state for beer in the country. Fun fact, ro- Andrew. Ro- roommate is it likes. Uh, yeah. Roommate likes a Miller Lite. Apparently, Bud Light's not his thing. But there's a lot of uh, Miller and uh, Bud Light people that like to beef. Yeah. It's just... I think they're both uh, good-tasting beers, but I'm taking uh, my boys from Anheuser-Busch in St. Louis any day of the week. Yeah, no, I, he just, he likes to say, oh, Bud Light's piss water. It's just like, uh, Miller, and Miller Light's not. It's like, they're both light beer. There's really not a lot of taste to it. Um, I still can't believe I played a two-year-old audio clip thinking that it was from the... Uh, yeah, what, yeah, that's... I'm not, I'm not over I'm rattled, guys. Andrew, could you, could you figure it the fuck out? <laughs> I don't know if I can. Moving moving on to the Eastern Conference. Uh, obviously, the Hurricanes swept the Islanders in a pretty non-contested series. But the uh, the Bruins and Blue Jackets went down to a Game 7. No, that was Game 6. Was it 6? Yeah. yeah. That's on me. You know what's uh, funny? Uh, Torts, in the press conference after they lost Game 5, said, like, hey, we're going to win game six and we'll be back here for game seven. Uh, not only did they lose, but the fact that he said the same exact thing last year when they were down 3-2 to the Caps, and he was like, we're going to win game six and we'll be back here for game seven. Just lost tor- that and then had the audacity to say it again and does, then lost again. Does Torch think he, think he is uh, Mark Messier on the 94 Rangers? Right, yeah. Guaranteeing a game six victory? Yeah. Our uh, Ryan and I's friend, Mason, we've dropped Mason's name so much, and he doesn't even know it. I don't think he knows we have a podcast. we got to have him on one day as a guest, though. But yeah, our, uh, after that Blue Jackets, after they lost to the Capitals last year, he said somebody in the press conference after they lost Game 6 should ask him about his strategy for Game 7 since they were, he was so sure they were going to be back. What's your strategy going to be for Game 7? Fucking Tortorella. You guys know how I feel about him. Strategy for Game 7? Uh... Straight off the tee. Right, yeah. Straight off the tee, don't slice it. And uh, <laughs> hope for a good approach shot. Get it on the green. Exactly. Um, you know, uh, speaking of Mason, he tweeted about me last night. Did he? He did. On his on his uh, professional account. Do you follow that one? Um, no, I don't. Because he still thinks I'm blocked. Okay. He still thinks that I'm blocked. I... <laughs> I don't know if I should admit, I'll admit it on air. He was at my house, he was like asleep during the day and he left his phone unlocked and I went into his <laughs> I went into his uh, phone and unblocked myself on Twitter. <laughs> Jesus. So but like I can't I can't um I didn't want to follow him to make it uh obvious. I don't want him to catch on. But if he ever listens to this, he'll know. And he'll probably block me again. Um so game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals was last night. We're recording this on a Friday. Uh, there was a controversial. The uh, the Hurricanes made it two to one 
and the goal was very controversial. People saying that, oh, uh, guy ran in Rask before the puck crossed the line. That's why it went in when the puck was clearly over the line uh, before anything had happened. But hey, uh, I got uh, I got audio for it. I think. Is it the right audio? Well, <laughs> we'll find out. Published May 9th. Okay. Berlin to center. Martin to McKeg. He's got some speed on the forward. And he put the puck in the net by the looks of it. There was the net off. That was close. This puck was in, but will he get a penalty? McKeg with his head up, trying to keep his balance. And it's in. It's in first. And then the collision happens after. Tripped up and went down. All right, so yeah, I, I was uh, I was watching this game and uh, I was like, uh, uh, you know, I was drinking, obviously. <laughs> uh, I was buzzing pretty hard, so I didn't I didn't really see it as well. Uh, my dad was actually sitting sitting with me in the room though, and he called it right away. He said that that puck was in, and uh, he was uh, upon uh, upon uh, further examination, he was right. That puck did go in. When you slow down the replay. And like, look, like the puck is, the puck is clearly across the line, and then it like gets because uh, McKeg ran into Rask or got pushed into Rask, and it like made the puck go in the net further. So it looked like, from when it was live, it looked like the puck got pushed in after McKeg ran into Rask, which I mean I get when you haven't looked at a review, that's what it's gonna look like. So I mean. I get the opinion there, but when you slow it down and you see the puck is clearly over the line first and Bruins fans were bitching about like, oh my God, it's not a goal, it's not a goal. It's like, if the puck crosses the line first and then the net gets dislodged, it's a goal. Even if even if the puck wasn't across the line, uh, Bruins defenseman Stephen Kampfer pushed McKeg into Rask. It's the goalie, right. So... That would nullify a going anything there, null right? and void. So if your defenseman pushes a forward into the goaltender, <laughs> I guess it would the puck. It would, I guess it would depend on the net coming off. But if the net's not off, the goal's got to count. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I don't see, I don't see the, uh, the point in bitching. And I, I, the, the puck probably still would have gone in before the net came off. It's just. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure, when he got Rask got ran into, he kicked the puck back into the net before the net even came off. Yeah, the, no, the puck was definitely in before the net was off. The yeah, I mean, the, like, the, the puck, puck, the puck hit... was in before contact was even made with the goaltender. So yes, I mean, always. So the fact that people were trying to debate this, I mean, there's so many ways this could have gone, and most of them um, are going to have the Hurricanes with a goal on the board, with the exception of. Somehow the net coming off with the puck staying under Rask's body as he gets barreled into, which isn't the way uh, physics and momentum works. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the puck hit the back of the net before <laughs> the net got dislodged. So it's like the puck was going in either way. But I mean, uh, it, it, it is what it is. It was a goal, and the Bruins won the game anyway. Pretty, pretty hand, pretty handily. So I was watching. Uh, I was out of town this week. I was in Greenville, South Carolina. I was at Carolina Ale House watching the game, um, having a few brews. Walk in, walk into the restaurant, 
sit, grab a seat at the bar. I'm guessing there's 30 TVs in this place. Guess how many TVs have the Carolina Hurricanes game on? I'm going to go with zero. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll second that. Zero. Zero TVs had the Hurricanes game on. That's fucking wild. About 26 TVs had the uh, Sixers game on. Uh, three TVs had horse racing. And one TV had the golf channel. That's just people not doing their job. Uh, so That's just people not recognizing that hockey's a uh, major sport in this country. Well, actually, it, okay, I'll say it's people not doing their job, but also it's on the patrons that none of them like asked for it to be on. Well, I, well, that's why I brought it upon myself and asked for them to turn the game on. Yeah, you gotta. And it took them 20 minutes. They couldn't figure it out. Okay. <laughs> Did they not know how to work a remote? Well, at first they were trying to change it, and then it was going to change like half of the TVs in the joint. Oh, it's one of those ordeals. Okay. They they had to... because we need because we need ninety five percent TVs on the fucking Sixers game. It's it's not it's not like I'm just at a random bar. I'm in Carol. I'm in the Carolinas. Mm-hmm. I know. They're it's, called I know the Carolina Hurricanes. I know this isn't Raleigh, where they they specifically called themselves that because they wanted to appeal to both of the states. Like I I know that they play in North Carolina, the Panthers too. I, actually, at um, uh, what are the Pan- Bank of America Stadium? I think is where the Panthers play. Yes. They have the North Carolina and South Carolina flags flying there. Well, you know, uh, the Panthers right now are uh, trying to get the Panthers practice facility built in South Carolina. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, just I really? mean, Charlotte. Charlotte's right, right on the border. Right. So, okay. um, it would be. I mean, some of the players already live in South Carolina because there's some cheaper real estate down here, cheaper cost of living. Not by much, but I'm sure it makes a big difference when you got a whole bunch of zeros in your bank account. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine so. Not zero point zero zero. I mean, like zeros commas. after commas. Two commas, folks. But yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm just shocked at the Carolina Hurricanes fandom throughout the states, the two uh, Carolinas. So my parents just recently moved to Charlotte, so I'm up there fairly often, and there's not much of a present in Charlotte presence in Charlotte either. But they do have the the Hurricanes AHL affiliate playing in Charlotte, so the Charlotte Checkers, yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's a little more. Uh, fan presence in Charlotte, but it's still underwhelming, especially the season that the Hurricanes have had so far. I mean, I've and in South Carolina, I don't even know if I've seen anyone with any Hurricanes apparel ever, besides my brother. I mean, it's I mean, it's it's not the South. I'm not going to give it that, but it's it's the middle of the Eastern Seaboard. I don't know how big, I mean, I know from experience, hockey, at least from a youth perspective, is very good in the Carolinas. Um, but, I mean, maybe maybe just people are set in their ways. They want football, they want baseball, they want basketball. I mean, North Carolina, it's a very big basketball state. <laughs> I mean, people are just set in their ways, and their hurricanes are still trying to break in. Even when they moved down from Hartford, uh, but I think you'd I mean, see a different story if they played in Charlotte. 
Yeah. Which, which is, which is pretty central to. I mean, pretty much any any city in South and North Carolina is not isn't going to be too far away from Charlotte. Like, why did they put it in Raleigh of all places? I don't. It's in a really weird location. It's uh, right next to NC State. It's like right next to the campus. There's maybe yeah, it's right it's in the same like uh facility as uh where the nc state football team plays the uh, basketball team actually plays in that arena yeah so and Wait, there's what there's like two the nc state basketball team plays at pnc arena yeah all right there's like two bars around and it's just like a big parking lot and athletic facilities it's it's strange yeah i haven't been i haven't been there in forever i barely even remember what it looks like around there that's odd, but I mean. Yeah, I was just there in November. It's it's strange. Um, I mean, I guess. I mean, for everyone talking about front running fans, for a, a Friday night game in November, uh, that place sure was packed and it was loud. They got yeah, to go. I think they get a bad. Those fans get a bad rep, but uh, I witnessed it firsthand. They, it's they get when they're on, they're on. Like it's there's, you won't find many tougher places to play in the playoffs than in Carolina. I mean, while they did have like a down stretch for what five six years there. Well, they hadn't ten? made the playoffs in ten years. Ten? Yeah. Do you know what a, a decade of no playoffs is going to do to your franchise? Right. Yeah. Exactly. That being said, the decade before, oh by the way, they made the Cup final in '02 and they won the damn thing in 2006. Right. Yeah, like, wh- people aren't going to just keep going because they won a cup 10 years ago. It's I under- not I how under- it works. I understand that, but it's like people want to talk about where there's like, oh, they're going to move the Hurricanes. It's like when the team's good, this is the case for most just sports franchises in general. If the team's good, people are going to show up. I mean, that's, that's certainly clear, but I just the, – the fan base throughout anywhere but Raleigh is just really lacking. Uh, the World Championships of Hockey are going on right now. They act, they uh, just started, actually. For people that don't know what that is, the World Championships is held every year in Europe. Or is it Europe normally? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Europe. It's or... not like World Juniors where it's in Canada. Like every, every year. Year. every year. Every year. We've uh, touched on that before. <laughs> yeah. So World Championships held every year. It's bas- It's the you can get professional players to come and play there. Uh, it's normally a mixed bag of really young guys that haven't broken into the NHL yet or seasoned vets that their teams either didn't make the playoffs or their teams just got eliminated from the playoffs. They have the option to go over there and play every year. Gold medal, silver medal, bronze. You all know the drill. Uh, Andrew, give What's us up? a little. Give us a little. Uh, give us a little preview. I'll give. I'll give like my predictions for who I think will make the uh, the bra- the playoff round and who I think is going to get relegated. I'll be honest with our uh, listeners because it, the tournament did start already, so I made my predictions before the tournament started. So like for example, I had Finland coming in fourth place in the group and like just barely making the playoffs because they have a really really surprising lack of NHL players, and by lack of I mean they have two NHL players on their roster right now. And you haven't heard of either of them. They're um, what are their names? Uh, Henry Yokoharu from the Blackhawks, and uh, Yuho Lamico from the Panthers. 
uh, that I looked at their stats. The two of them combined this year had like 20 points. <laughs> so I was really, really shocked at that. I know a lot of the good Finnish players are either still playing in the playoffs or like just got eliminated like the other day. I know one that isn't. Uh, right. Line A? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I'll rattle off a few names here. Uh, Barkov, uh, Mikhail Granlund, Patrick Line, Rasmus Ristolainen, Pekarine. All of them were either missed out on the playoffs or got eliminated in the first round. There's no way that they weren't invited, so obviously they just chose not to. Either they're nursing injuries or they just flat out don't feel like it, I, I guess. I was going to say, which is their choice. They don't right. have to yeah, go. They don't have to play, but that's what I'm saying. This like this country spits out NHL players. Like, oh, my like God. Like Va- Vatanen, Olimata, um... Uh, Miko Koivu has been uh, he's been battling injury, but uh, still, they, I'm like I was really surprised. Uh, they have some of the best uh, players in NHL history. Yeah, yeah, Solani. Um, and so like, uh, uh, it's I funny that I'm like I'm not shitting on them, but Yarn I'm saying Curry. like God, I don't, I don't know yep. how good they're gonna be. Uh, they just beat Canada three one today, so that shows how much uh, rosters go. And Canada, I don't I don't I don't know if Tavares played or not. Do you guys know? Like, I have he got no hurt idea. in practice. I think uh, something needs to be said um, with USA losing 4-1 today to Slovakia. Yeah. Uh, you look at the U.S. and Canada's performance, all those guys are used to playing on NHL on the NHL ice surface. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it, 200 by 85? Yeah. Um, a lot smaller game. Uh, you get to this uh, Olympic-size ice, and it's massive. The space uh, defending defending the game is completely different so i think that's uh where you see finland's strategy here um in the world championships because it doesn't really add up why they would leave so many nhl players at home they probably said well we have all these guys that play over here in europe on the big ice Mm -hmm. they're going to come in flying ready to go and you know all the the North Americans, so the U.S. and Canada are, aren't going to know what the hell's going on. Apparently not. For those well, that worked out for them. For those that don't know what we're talking about when we say Olympic size ice, the Olympic size ice is uh, the NHL rink is eighty-five feet wide, and the Olympic size ice is ninety-eight feet wide. It's a, a huge difference. I uh, it's yeah, a lot more room to operate. It's not the length is the same. 200 feet, but I mean that extra space on the sides where you might have had, where you're going into the zone and you might have a foot of clearance, or now you have six feet of clearance. It gives you a hell of a lot more time and a hell of a lot more just simply space to move the puck and find a different read to make a pass. Do you guys see they changed the uh, the format of overtime? So like, it doesn't matter what round it's going to be, it's going to be three on three no matter what? No, I didn't see that. Can you imagine? Uh, I think it, I I can't remember if they do shootouts in the uh, preliminary rounds or not, but like quarterfinal, semifinal, gold medal, all overtime is going to be continuous three on three. Can you imagine a gold medal game coming down to <laughs> three on three overtime with that much space? Yeah, that's uh... that, that's gonna that's gonna really be something. Um, those players are gonna be exhausted. So like, I'm really looking forward to group. What are they? Uh, group B, I think it is. Russia and Sweden are like they're definitely going to be the two favorites. The the offense that Russia brought over. So they've got uh, Ilya Kovalchuk, Malkin, Kucherov, 
Ovi, and Kuznetsov. Heard of them. Right. And who do they have backstopping them? Uh, just the guy who, in my opinion, is probably going to win the Vesna this year, Vasilevsky. That, I mean, that team's... They're, they're going to play Italy, and I think they're going to score 20 goals. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, and then Sweden is, like, the opposite of that. They have, like, this... They probably have the stingiest defense out of all of them. So you got uh, Adam Larson, uh, Oliver Ekman Larson, Matthias Ekholm, and uh, Johnny, our boy Robert Haig uh, from the Flyers, and then their goalies, uh, Henrik Lundqvist. Robert Haig, Swedish? I did not know that. Yeah. So I, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, Russia and Sweden play because that's going to be like a hell of an offense against the stingy defense. And then I want to just touch on one of my big, uh, not really an upset, but I'm going to say that Great Britain doesn't get relegated. That's going to be my uh, my sh- uh, shining pick here. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to say France gets relegated out of uh, Group A. I'm going. I was looking at the rosters, and. All of Great Britain's roster are people that play in Great Britain, except for two guys. One of them plays in Germany. Uh, never heard of him. But there's one outlier on Green Great Britain that actually plays in the in the O. He's on the Peterborough Peets. The OHL. Uh, yeah. Uh, 19-year-old guy, Liam Kirk. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know there was a guy from Great Britain that's in playing like major junior hockey. That's pretty cool. I looked into him. He's the first player ever born in Great Britain to get drafted in the NHL. He's a seventh-round pick of the Coyotes. Um, 60-something games in the uh, OHL this season. Put up 47 points. Not too bad. Uh, that's not like NHL superstar numbers by any means. Uh, I mean, but he played He played at World Juniors for Great Britain this past year. Uh, Great Britain's div- they're only Division Two in, in juniors. Uh, but he played in five games and scored. he had 14 points. Which I, I, I again I know he's only playing against D two competition, but uh, that's cool. I'm excited to see what he can do, and uh, so I'm going to say that Great Britain stays and France gets the boot. France, um, they have they just added one NHL player. They got that uh, the Texier Texier guy from the Blue Jackets. Belmar's not playing. And no, he's not, and uh, Roussel's not either. So that's my uh, that's uh, my upset, and then I'll say. Um, just looking at it as a whole. Again, I, I made these picks before the tournament started, just so I could be honest. I'll say from Group A, uh, France gets relegated, and then it goes in order. Canada, one. United States, two. Because I was so low on Finland, I had Finland at four. And number three, I'm going, I'm going Germany. I think they're going to get third in the group. At least I did until I saw Finland beat Canada. I thought uh, you were. I thought you were talking overall. Germany's getting the bronze. I'm like that is. Oh uh, no 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 third in the group. Um, you know Germany's got a guy that can play. His name's Leon Dreisaitl. Hundred point season this year, and uh, Ryan, they got your boy <laughs> Corbinian Holzer also back there. So um, I'll go Germany in an upset. Germany's Germany, got some players. Germany. Saying, when do they play Finland? I'm not saying Germany doesn't have players. I'm just like. Not, uh, G- Germany's playing Finland uh, May 21st. So that, not, that's the, that's their last uh, group stage game. And then Group B, I'll, I'm going to say Sweden. Again, they damn, Sweden got their ass handed to them by the Czech Republic today. Is this the year of the upset? Sp- spoiler alert. I, you know, Not spoiler. I'll save it for the end. I have Sweden number one in the group. 
Russia two. Uh, I want Czech Republic three, and then Switzerland four. Czech Republic actually brought a pretty damn good roster. They got, uh, I think Voracek's playing. Hang on a second. What am I doing? Flopping around. Um, yeah, it's it kind of sucks for them that uh, Pasternak is still in the playoffs. I guess he could have really helped them. Not that they looked like they needed it. Uh, our boy Gudis is playing. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. so you got yeah, uh, Voracek's the captain. Well, there you go. And then you got uh, Andre Palat from the Lightning. You got uh, Verana and Yashkin from the uh, Caps. That's a solid roster. And uh, when you know it, they won f- <laughs> they won five to two today against Sweden. So solid. I went Czechs three, and then Switzerland four. And they they changed up the the bracket. So now teams are reseeded after the quarterfinals. It's not like a set bracket. So that they still do like the group winner from A one will face the fourth place team from um, from Group B. Um, but by the way, Italy is going to get relegated in Group B. That's not even going to be close. Um, so so the, yeah, it's still that. But then after when you get to the semifinal, it's not like a set bracket. So they just like take the highest team left against the lowest team left, and then the two middle ones will play each other. So that's kind of weird. Um, but I'm gonna have. In the uh, bracket, I'm going to have United States taking bronze. I, I don't know. This was before the Slovakia loss. Uh, I'll take um, I'll take Canada for silver, even though they lost. And guess what? I have Sweden taking gold, even though they lost. Well, it's, it's a long tournament. There's seven preliminary yeah. games. Yeah. I, I don't know how much... I mean, like, Sweden losing 5-2 to two today is not, like, getting me really excited for me picking them. But they could still do it. It'll it'll be it'll be a fun tournament. It's losses happen. They do. It, I mean, it's hockey. It's uh, this this is really a a better tournament to decide who really is the best team. There, when it's not really right when you you go to a tournament. And there's three games and then it's the knockout round. Right. Um. But uh, if we take a trip down memory lane do you guys remember who was the silver medalist in the 2018 olympic games it was germany right yeah i'm just yeah don't sleep on that team they got some guys that can play i wasn't sleeping on them i'm just saying they're they're coming up as a as a global hockey power also the uh the professional league in uh great britain is uh better than some people realize is it actually yeah there's uh there's several guys from North America that play in Great Britain. Oh, okay. Um, it's it's clearly not on the level of some of the other leagues, but uh, they're going to have some quality players, and I'm guessing they have played a lot together in the past. So Yeah, I, I read a stat that this is this is the first time that they've been in the championship division of uh, – or the top division of the championship since uh, 1994. Yeah. I, so this will be – they're going to be really interesting. I th- I, yeah, I think they're going to stay. They'll probably get rolled over some games, but I think some games, some teams are, are they're going to have their struggles. Their first game is actually tomorrow against Germany. So somebody's somebody's going to get off to the races there with three points right away. I mean, professional leagues around the world for hockey are better than people think. I mean, it, most, most of them, I mean, obviously there's different tiers. You got the NHL, the KHL, and then it's basically uh, everybody else. Some say the AHL is uh, close behind or uh, 
or the leader behind the NHL and KHL. So for all you people out there in AHL markets, go watch. It's good hockey. Yeah. And that's our, uh, our future NHL players. Uh, most of them play AHL games. Can we, can we talk about the NFL for a second here? Sure. I'll allow it. <laughs> oh, will you? Will you, Ryan? Will, will you allow? We'll get to you in a minute. Proceed, John. Um, the Seahawks released Doug Baldwin and Cam Chancellor. Right. Uh, after both failed physicals. Mm. Uh, wasn't Doug Baldwin threatening retirement? Um, he had a really bad elbow injury. Okay. Uh, I don't know if he uh he came back though. I don't know if he um I don't know if he ever contemplated retirement. But uh I thought Cam Chancellor was like already retired. You no, know, Cam Chancellor definitely was. <laughs> or no, I don't <laughs> he was definitely contemplating retirement. He uh he he didn't play at all last season. He, That's he had what a really I thought. Bad, he had a really bad neck injury and he yeah, he was uh he was not to uh he wasn't his heart wasn't really in it. I, I just think first of all, Doug Baldwin um, coming off, coming into last season, was in the, the top 100 list. He, I know, granted, he was only 99, but um, like NFL Network does this thing every year where they rank the top 100 players. I watch it every year. It's one of my favorite shows. I I care about like player rankings and, way more than and these two guys. and get upset about where each player is ranked. Yes, I do. <laughs> I really do. I I'll go uh, all in on t- uh, Twitter, especially if it's uh, an Eagles player. Okay. But I, I mean that's a yes a legit... because every every Eagles player deserves to be in the top ten. <laughs> Andrew, when does top one hundred start up again? Should have been higher than the '60s. Let's be real. Kelsey, number five. <laughs> when does top one hundred start up again? It's it's July twenty second this year. They moved it like way back. It you it like the other years they've done it. It would be like underway right now. Are we gonna are we gonna have a special to so that they like the last episode like leads us right up into the regular season i guess that's how they wanted to do it this year but yeah it's not starting until late july i guess you're um, gonna have to release a top 100 list of your own then i've thought about doing that but that's too much work you're gonna have to I, for the listeners fuck that uh, i'll definitely recap like the episodes i'll, <laughs> I'll recap players uh 80 through 71 oh, I, I got a good segment what? Uh, so what? What do they do? Do they do it by tens or something? Like yeah, yeah. They, they do every ten. So it'd be like whatever. Uh, they just reveal a hundred or uh, ninety nine. What? What's top one hundred? I'm an idiot. It'll be one hundred <laughs> through ninety one. One hundred through ninety one. There you go. And you and I'm Andrew Henry, and you know what grinds my gears? And then you start right. you start your beef about the player rankings. Yeah. Why the fuck is this guy here? But, like, one of them would be, like, uh, this guy, number 94. That's perfect. That's exactly where I had him. No higher, no lower than 94. So look forward to Grind My Gears featuring Andrew Henry yeah, in July. I, I love the top 100. And that's a – that's I, I – the players, first of all, they care a lot about it. They interview them and put, like, their interviews on the show. Like, well, they vote for it, don't they? they it, that's what I'm saying. It's voted on by the players themselves. So it's about getting respect from your peers, which is why they care so much. Because, like, they don't give a shit what, like, Skip Bayless and Colin Cowherd and Max Kellerman have to say about them, for the most part. Max Kellerman's a moron. Right. We, God, I don't know if we'll have time to get into that Kobe Kawhi comment. Maybe next week. Never. But, um... <laughs> Never. 
I'll, um, I'll I'll answer that question right now. No. Okay. But anyway, it's it's a it's a list that they care about being on, and I think it's impressive if you're in the top 100. So Doug Baldwin was ranked 99 coming into this season, and uh, you know he he played in 13 games. Um, I mean, damn near career low in yards. Uh, five touchdowns though. Eh, he was all right. Uh, but you know, it's 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 interesting because we've like now seen the complete rise and fall of I I don't know. You can't really call him an empire because they only won the one Super Bowl. But like the the Legion of Boom now is completely disbanded. Dead. Um, yeah, Chancellor's Chancellor's gone. Uh, Earl Thomas is on the Ravens now, right? Yes. Uh, I don't. I think Brandon Browner's out of football, and then of course uh, Richard Sherman's on the 49ers. and then so yeah, like. The only one. What's Russell Wilson even left with? I mean, the only one left in that defense is what, Bobby Wagner. Right. Yeah, he's a beast, by the way. Yeah. Like, look for him on the top 100 this uh, this upcoming uh, July. He'll be he'll be high. I mean, this happens with every dynasty where that's built on defense, at least. Mm -hmm. Where you got, I mean, Russell Wilson coming in. It was a young quarterback. They didn't have to pay him yet, Mm -hmm. but that defense was really good. And eventually, uh, boys need to get paid. And you can't pay everybody with the cap. No. Especially with how much Russell Wilson's costing them. Well, na- now. Now. But yeah. I mean, but three or four years ago, mm-hmm. you had to pay everybody on the defense. Yeah. So. Yeah, no more uh, Cliff Averill, no more Michael Bennett. Um, it's all falling apart for them. And they, I don't know. I'm not entirely sure how they even made the playoffs last year, to be honest. They backed their way in. They did, uh, yeah. Odell Beckham Jr. is back in the news for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, did you two hear what he said earlier in the week? Yeah, you showed it to me. I chuckled. I actually didn't, so uh, why don't you humor me? Odell Beckham said that uh, the Browns are going to become the New England Patriots. So he wants to move to New England. Is that what he's trying to say? I don't know. I maybe he's trying. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he already got traded to Cleveland. Maybe he's trying to go to New England and get himself a ring. Which I mean, that's what most players do because they are the standard of excellence in the NFL. Right. However, uh, if you guys did not hear my rant on the Browns last week, oh, I heard it. Go ahead. Go ahead and uh, take a listen to that. Uh, however, I will say this. While he did say that earlier in the week, he did back off of those comments. He walked it back a little bit saying, we want to aspire to be the Patriots, which obviously everybody does. Give him that. Everybody wants to be the Patriots. Everybody wants to be competing in uh, championship games and Super Bowls every year. That's the goal of every NFL team. However, why say anything in the first place? It's like... It's like you know, you know that what you're trying to do. Just go out there and do it. Quit talking about it. Show me something. I can uh, speak to that personally. Uh, Dream Team, Phil- 2012. God, you are so good at that. <laughs> do you remember Vin- who said it? Who's who said who said what? Who said Dream Team? It was 2011, oh. by the way. Oh, oh. was it? Uh, was it Vince Young? Ding, ding, ding. You're reading my mind right now. Vince Young, after the Eagles, I, I couldn't even – I can't even remember who they got. It was like they got Dominic Rogers camardi 
Um, Namdi. Oh my God, Namdi Asamoah, dude. Namdi Asamoah, maybe the worst eagle of all time. Well, I've never seen an eagle who was more afraid to tackle Another than Namdi Asamoah was. They got Jason Babin, uh, it, and then Vince Young to back up Michael Vick. And Vince Young said, "This is a dream team." Vince and Young, the backup quarterback, went eight and eight. Vince Young's a little different than Odell Beckham Jr. He is. Uh, yeah, but it's like the principle of saying shit when you've accomplished nothing. Uh, you're a paper cha- you're a paper champion. Is it okay, is, is it great. bad that Odell has uh has goals and has a bar set for his franchise? Wait, he said no, it. no. It's everybody's got. You got to have goals in this league. I'm not saying it's bad to have goals. It's not what I'm saying. It's saying, you see what the Patriots do. The Patriots have a goal every year. Do you ever hear anything come out of New England? Ever? Absolutely not. Well, that that wouldn't fly with uh, Mr. Sweatshirt. Exactly. Yeah, it, it wouldn't. But I plan, on tur- uh, I plan on being there for the next five years, turning the Browns into the new Patriots. That was his quote. I don't, I don't think that's... I I don't think there's anything in that. That seems like a fair quote to me. I just don't like him comparing themselves to the Patriots when they have you done can't, shit. You can't be the new Patriots because there's one be Patriots. The there's not, there's one. There's nothing there's malicious there. It's not malicious. It's just stupid. Especially yeah, I, when the Browns haven't. I guess, but, I guess I guess I can forgive him because he says I plan on doing this and not. We're gonna be this. Not, not we're going right. Right. Do you think but it's like, possible hey, the sports have media a, above five hundred record? Come on, y'all. Think it's possible the sports media blows uh, things players say out of proportion? Oh, of course. no that's shit. Their, as we're as we're that's that. their job. As we're dis- <laughs> as we're dissecting a tiny little snippet from Odell Beckham Jr. It would be it would be it would be like uh, I think Ryan Ryan's saying I think Tom Brady is a little bit better than Peyton Manning, and then the headline would be like Ryan Cornelius thinks Peyton Manning sucks. <laughs> that's that's literally what it would be. Yeah. Well, ESPN loves their uh, loves just people on shows just arguing. This person's better. No, this person's better. They love I love doing that too. Yeah. Not not very good TV in my opinion. <laughs> no, but I mean it's it's. It's not that I'm giving Odell shit. It's just it's people want to hand like I said last week. People want to hand the Browns Super Bowl. It's May. They're gonna You've be had... a good team. Yeah. Do you remember when everybody thought Peyton Hillis was like the next big running back? Yeah. One year wonder. <laughs> oh my God! All of his touchdowns were like one yard Who's, goal who line thought touchdowns. That? A lot of people. He was on the cover of Madden for God's sake. That was the reason. I mean, I was alive then. I remember, but I never yeah. remember thinking, "Oh shit, Peyton Hillis is the—he's the one." Yes, because you are a logical individual. Uh, but I mean, it's—I think people were just excited that there was a white running back doing things. I do. But now we have McCaffrey, so we're good. I do know. Uh, speaking of running backs, Andrew, I do know some Eagles fans that said uh, after Miles Sanders picked number twenty-six that he's the best twenty-six in the division and in the league. Okay, well that's wrong. I, I, I just want to put that little, out there. I cannot. That's a little much. That that's a little much. Uh, Saquon Barkley's the best twenty-six in the league. Saquon Barkley's the best running back in football. I just had to get that off my chest very quick because it was bothering me. No, I would me. be mad. I didn't know that, but now, yeah, I'm mad at Eagles fans for saying something like that. Um, I'm, I'm sure it's a very small uh, portion. 
definitely in the minority, but it was still said. Speaking of Penn State, Ryan, you weren't on last week. Uh, the Ravens drafted Trace McSorley. Your thoughts? Uh, to be quite honest, uh, heartbreaking, gut-wrenching. Um, doesn't make me feel good. No. It's not a good feeling. <laughs> I mean, I still love Trace no matter what. Um, I have a problem that uh, the Ravens kicker has his number. Yep, I even said you, I said you kick I you kick field goals. You're not a quarterback. I texted my cousin. I was like, Tucker needs to give up his number so Trace can have it. Trace is wearing seven, which just looks very weird. Uh, I mean, I'll still he should still beat s- up Justin Tucker. That's what I'm telling. He's given him wearing seven is giving me PTSD to Kyle Bowler. <laughs> I forgot about him. Yeah. Don't don't don't. Don't fucking bring that up, please. I do know I there's just... a lot of Ravens fans that are happy about it, so I am very happy about it. I haven't it, heard it... I haven't heard negative talk about it, to be honest. No, but people are saying Trace is coming for Lamar's job. Wrong. Absolutely one hundred percent wrong. I... You would Lamar... gotta you gotta think that there's at least an open competition in camp, right? Uh, not to st- Why not? I mean it's always there. If you're a quarterback on the roster, it, yes, his, his, you want to compete for that job, and it happens. There's plenty of times where you think you have your your number one guy who's gonna be gonna be starting no matter what, and then they play like it's shit. Like, so you, next man up, whoever's ready you, to play. If you, to, if you go to Patriots camp, if you go to Chargers camp, if you go to Saints camp, there's not a quarterback competition going on. No, it's a battle for second place, really. Yes, you got I. You can't. If you're Lamar Jackson, can't be like going to bed tonight, knowing you're going to be starting. I just I, I don't see it like that. I I know that he's probably better than Trace is, but I'm saying it's at least worth a uh, it's at least worth a, a an open competition in camp. I mean, how, Har- John, Har- how how long did he go in that playoff game last year without completing a pass? Well, uh, I think it was it was definitely the entire first quarter. Because we ran the ball every fucking play because Marty Morningweg is a moron. For those that don't know who Marty Morningweg is, uh, yeah, he was the coach of the 0-16-08 Lions. Right. No, no, that no, was no, our no, offensive coordinator. Wasn't it Marinelli? No. It wasn't? I don't believe so. I think I might have you on this one. Well, if you do. Either you way. Got me, you got me on Daryl Jackson. Marty Morningweg was on that staff. Um... But Rod yeah. Marinelli was the head coach. So who Boom. was who? So who was the offensive coordinator? Uh, coaching staff. I. Oh, I'm... he wasn't even the offensive coordinator. Oh, Johnny's got to do a lap. Oh boy. Jim Coletto was the OC. Who? Exactly. Jim, exactly. Jim Coletto. Exactly. That, that's probably why they went. Whatever. Whatever. Morningwig's offense was oh, fucking I, terrible. I feel real. I don't. I don't feel so bad about getting uh, Pat Maroon's up. Uh, video wrong now. There you go. And for, All right. and for thinking Bobby Ingram was the uh, the offensive pass interference Whatever. Guy. The fucking offense was garbage. The world is back in balance, baby. I'm really glad. Uh, Rod you, Marinelli. Really happy you guys figured out uh, coaches' names. That's <laughs> yeah. that's really important to the, to the moral either, of the story. Either fucking way. The offense was terrible. We wouldn't throw the fucking ball until the second half until we realized till we got to the fourth quarter and like, oh, yeah, we can throw the ball and score two touchdowns in five minutes. Maybe we should have should have done that the whole fucking game. But no, no, we had to fuck off for three quarters, 
and then make it a fucking game. And then, I mean, Lamar made a rookie mistake with that fumble, but, I mean, I expected brought, that. Yeah, I'll give him credit. He brought him back. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Ravens and my ultimate fuck-up, uh, there was a Twitter poll that people have had this argument for years. Who was better, Ed Reed or Troy Palomalo? Uh, you, you people know my stance on this matter. Ed Reed's the best safety of all time. Well, I don't know if I would say that. There's lots of... Uh... Who, bias running around in this uh yes <laughs> yes there is lots of bias running around um who do you what was the other safety you want me to name ronnie lott uh mel blunt it's paul amalu i thought mel blunt was a corner oh my god if he's a corner and i'm like back and i'm negatives after this if he, I, I mean, I'm, I'm on a bad streak here so he's probably a safety oh my god he was a corner oh yes Unfreaking believable. They made the Mel Blunt rule. Anyway, I'm back. Ryan, I'm, I'm back to a minus one now in terms of fuck ups. Anyway, I, Ru- I was Ryan, I was tied for like five seconds. Ryan, I need I need the thoughts. Um, so what I'm thinking about this uh, Ed Reed Troy Palomalu poll is how the fuck am I supposed to know? how good Ed Reed is compared to Troy Polamalu when I've watched Troy Polamalu play 500 more games. That's an exaggeration, but um, way more games than Ed Reed. They're both some of the greatest in their position in the game. And I think the polls are just straight stupid. Considering on Twitter it was a uh, it was a retweet or like. Yeah, what is this, 2012? Clearly, clearly they're just looking for people to... And, and all those polls nowadays, whichever thing is the like wins. So a Ravens account uh, tweeted the poll, and Troy Palomalu run, ran away with it. And then mm-hmm. and then a Steelers account made the same like retweet favorite, and Ed Reed ran away with it on likes. So... So people get people get less retweets than likes. I mean, this is just common sense. In case people aren't aware, there is a poll function on the Twitter app. Yeah, that's the thing that makes me. Or Twitter.com. Um, nor nor do I really think a bunch of idiots online clicking Palomalu or Ed Reed really has any weight in the debate. I, the reverse is for me. I've seen Ed Reed play way more games than I have Troy Palomalo. So. Ed Reed was probably better for longer. Yeah. Palomalo slow, really slowed down in his last few years. Well, his I, game. I, I his, always just. My beef with Palomalo was that I just thought that his technique was off at times when he was trying to tackle. Troy Palomalo does not know how to wrap up people. He the knows thing how to that hit made him so. What made him so good was how aggressive he was coming up to support the run. Right. He would like go flying flying up the field to make a tackle and the guy would just like sidestep him and he would go flying right by him. That's if why he, I always told Ryan, gotta break down. If he and, made the wrong read, you knew it. Yeah. I mean, but it's incredible you look at how many times he's uh uh jumped the snap, gets it timed exactly perfect, jumps over the yeah. line, whatever. Right. I mean yeah. and the amount of times he did it uh at the right time correctly but obviously when he uh when he got the count wrong it looked bad it's uh yeah, it like <laughs> offside I mean, penalty he, he looked yeah he looks he looks fucking stupid when he, he got, got it wrong 
when he got it wrong, which was not very often, but when he did, it was pretty glaring. They were both very different uh, sa- oh, yeah. safeties. Yes. Ed right, Re- John, Johnny, I'll, co- I'll counter with this to, to keep it fair. How many times did Ed Reed fumble the ball when he was uh, returning an interception and he tried to lateral it? Uh, I do remember it was one time his rookie year he did it against the Bengals. I, yeah, I've seen him do it at least. Oh, a come on, that times. was uh, that was back in the Chris Berman whoop era. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. No, but no, I don't think anybody. Maybe Dion. I don't think anybody other than Dion was more dangerous on like on an intercepting return than Ed Reed was. I mean, Ed Reed. That the boy best. Could run him back. So Andrew's the, best, the only unbiased the... one here. Yeah. So so his opinion is kind of uh, carrying the most weight here. Yeah. Yeah, and he, God, he was a guy. He brought the wood when he hit you. Who? Ed Reed. Yeah. He he knocked people flat on their ass. Unconscious. Right. He's, yeah, only six feet. I say only six feet. I mean, that's not particularly big for an NFL player. Six feet, 205 pounds. He packed a punch, dude. He is a safety. It's not like he was a corner. So. Right. He basically had to cover the middle of the field and knock. And he plays had down. that. He had that. He he was on the, uh, like the early two thousands Miami teams, so he had like that Miami swagger that he brought with him to the NFL, which I just, I I love watching highlights of like those two thousand two thousand one Miami teams. I like looking you at the roster, loaded with talent. The ro- just go if you have Ray some Lewis time. And uh, Ed Reed play together in Miami. No. Like Andre, I mean Andre Johnson, uh, rest in peace, Sean Taylor, um, Jeremy Shockey, Jeremy Shockey. Andrew, those teams. Andrew, you want to hear something? What? Uh, you know that O one team, O one hurt, O one Miami Hurricanes team. Yeah, is that the team that beat Nebraska? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Andre, I think it was, who was it? Sean Taylor, Vince Wilfork, Kellen Winslow. Right. Yeah, I forgot about him. Road to bench. <laughs> Damn, it's like now dawning on me. Like they were like tight end to you, Winslow, Shockey, and Greg Olson, all coming from Miami. Yeah. Damn, dude, those those teams had some swag. Yeah. They really did. Ryan, answer your question. No, they didn't. Lewis got drafted in '96. Uh, yeah, I thought Ray was. He was a little bit before. Um, did, did Ray play with Warren Sapp? Yes. Yes. Because Sapp was drafted in 95. Um, yeah, I mean, those teams those teams were just ridiculously good. And then they got jobbed in the uh, O2 Fiesta Bowl. Oh, God. I, well, we can talk about that once we get closer to college football season. I have yeah. words for that game. You guys yep. just love pulling stuff out of the vault, huh? I, I do. Things I'll never get over. That'll be right. I, it's, I, it's hard for me to say I'll never get over it because I wasn't even like a college fan back then. But just you... looking back at it, oh, like fuck that. I could I could do a whole whole three hour special on uh, sports moments I'll never get over. Yeah, yeah. That that'll be a four hour show. <laughs> uh, I'm still mad at Joe Carter for hitting that home run against the Phillies. I wasn't even born yet. Oh god. <laughs> four hours each person. Hey, right, Mitch, yeah. Mitch Williams, get the ball over the plate, why don't you? Yeah, that piece of shit. Um, Joe fucking Carter, dude. We switch from American football to what the rest of the world considers football. The right. Champions League. The beautiful the Champions game. League. 
the Champions League was held. You boys uh, want some audio? Yeah, please. Take it quickly. Oh, wonderful thinking, Origi. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant from Liverpool. And for Barcelona, chaotic, catastrophic. And it's four. And they do lead now, not just on the night, but on aggregate. Could have a look here. Uh, what a comeback, man. That's awesome. I mean, Liverpool made Barcelona look bad. I mean, that was bad. Barcelona was up three uh, nothing after leg one. Yeah. Um, it goes back goes back to Anfield, and Liverpool has to has to get three nil just to draw extra time. And if Barcelona gets a road goal, they're fucked. Cause that, that that's still the dumbest like tiebreak rule I've ever heard. But go on. So. <laughs> I mean that's incredible. So Barcelona scores a goal, and and four, four goals still doesn't still doesn't get uh, Liverpool through. Yeah. And they come, they score four goals, win four nothing to send it to the Champions League final. And that I could watch that uh, quick corner taken by uh, Trent Alexander Arnold all day long. It's a mouthful of a name. Ryan and I, um, we play uh, co-op seasons on FIFA, and Liverpool uh, is the team we always use. So, uh, you know, I'm not really a soccer fan, but like I, I was, I've been pulling for Liverpool for that reason, and that was just that was really cool. It was a really cool moment. Uh, you're a well, you're a USMNT fan. Yeah, that's like I'll. The men's national team is the only team I really really like care about in soccer i mean i i'll i work for the union big uh big uh, u.s open cup union guy oh yeah. yeah i like the open cup more than i like the 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 uh the actual mls season because that shit they, they don't even do it anymore or they're not doing it for another couple of years but the fifa club world cup uh they're, they're not having it again until 2021 so um there's no like end game i always hoped that like the union would win well there's Concacaf the champions cup. league and then yeah, and I wanted them to win Champions League and then beat Barcelona in the Club World Cup. Well, it's how fucking insane would that they're, be? They're just like We're way far it. off from that. They're still... they're trying to make it a a bigger a bigger tournament. So the FIFA Club World Cup was what eight teams, something like that. Yeah, it's, they're like making it twenty four now. Yeah, right? so so they're really giving it an effort to. Include yeah, it's it's gonna be. I think really good. Like I think we're going to be talking like Champions League level excitement for uh, to watch whatever. I don't know. They're soccer all over the place. They're changing names to all their different leagues and stuff. Um, I think uh, I think the the MLS only got like one team ever to the Club World Cup, right? Like it was always a Mexican team that won the. Uh, well, there's only right? been two MLS teams that uh, I believe that have won. Concacaf Champions League. One was one of the uh, giant DC United teams back in the day when they when they ruled oh, okay. ruled the early days. Oh, they they ruled North America back then. They were better. I mean, obviously they were the Concacaf champions, but um, them and LA Galaxy, I believe, are the only two teams that have won. Right. I think like Alexis Lawless was playing then, wasn't he? Yeah. So he, even as. <laughs> 
as like MLS was as far as it's come from then to now. Uh, back then, in the whatever late '90s, early 2000s, uh, I mean, there were Galaxy and DC United ruled the land. Now they now the MLS can't seem to get any MLS teams to succeed in Champions League. We're on the come up, though. We'll be all right. We're definitely, going places, baby. Uh, MLS is definitely it's definitely going places. It's quality league nowadays. All all throughout, lots of quality players. The other the other Champions League semifinal, Ajax, or however you say that name. Sissoko comes to Deli Alley, through to Lucas Moura. Lucas Moura has fired first through to Madrid to the Champions League final. Get the ball in the <laughs> I, I can't believe that happened two days in a row. That's nuts. Oh, that was just great. If, if you're gonna if you're gonna show soccer to like an alien, and try to get them to like soccer, then you would show them highlights of what happened the last two days. Uh huh. Uh huh. I, I find it comical that we uh we started out our talk on Champions League, and of course the Americans bring it back to uh the U.S. national team and the MLS as uh. As Americans like to do, make it about themselves. This is America, baby. Stereotypically American. We're going to rule the soccer world, too, eventually. Sorry about it. We won't rest until we're the best at every single sport, even ping pong. We're the red. We're the white. We're the blue, and we're coming for you. Take on the one. 2022, baby, we're coming. Thinking about that roster in 2022. Little, uh, little Mars took a little reaction. Yeah, I mean. Woo, buddy boy. All right. Weather and the white and the blue and we're coming for you. We'll take on the one and we'll take you too. So stay there and talk about it. All right. Damn, that got me. Fired up, baby. Can I talk about Spurs, please? Uh, the San Antonio Spurs? No. <laughs> oh, we'll talk, no. We don't talk basketball on this program. Oh, we're, we're, we're going back to Champions League? Yeah. You want to talk about the career Monty Ginobili had? No, no. I fucking know. What about Tony Parker? No. Tim Duncan? No. If you say Greg Popovich, I'm going to jump through the screen. <laughs> what, are you from Blue's Clues? <laughs> All right, what about through, Spurs? Through the... We were dead in the first half. Absolutely, one hundred percent dead. They had us in the first wait, half. I'm not wait, Johnny, lie. are you from? Are you from? Uh, from Tottenham? No. 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 Why? Do I not have the accent? The accent wasn't fooling you. I just. I, uh, I mean, I. I think our listeners would be quite uh, surprised to find out that you're a Tottenham guy. I am. Um, I was texting two of my friends during the game, and uh, we were. I I I will admit, with I think two or three minutes to go in the first half, I uh, Spurs were playing so horribly, couldn't even get across midfield that uh 
I shut the game off for five minutes until halftime. I'm like, I can't even watch this shit anymore. Um, I flipped it back on in the second half, and uh, Lucas Mora just put on an absolute clinic in the second half. His second goal might be one of the best goals I've ever seen. The uh, He basically... What did he do? He had he stole the ball from the from the uh, keeper. Keeper couldn't uh, get a handle on it, so Morris steals it, takes it back around one guy, fires it through the legs of two IX players, and we're tied. Uh, we're tied at two, and then in extra time, nine, they gave five minutes of extra time, and at the five minute mark, he puts Spurs through to the final. Literally at 5.01. Right. Ref was about to blow the whistle and Mora put it in. And I jumped up. I think I hurt my hand from banging on my desk because I was so excited. Uh, what, was... Liverpool, what Liverpool did was they knew coming into the game that they needed four and they yeah. were at home. Tottenham didn't know how much they were going to need until halftime. So the fact that they we're down in the second half by three, essentially on aggregate or no, no, it was three. Yeah. And then did it on the road in just one half. I like, damn, did it on the road. One half, one player. It's not even like this spread. Moore had all three, all three. I think it was, he scored at, I think it was 55 minutes, 59 minutes and 90 plus five. So, I was pretty incredible. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say other than it's an all English or all England uh, Champions League final, and it's I fully expect it to be one of the best. And obviously, I hope Spurs win. And oh, by the way, the uh, Spurs get uh, Harry Kane back for this game. Is the, the final is two legs, also, right? Or is it just one? One leg. Nah, yeah, not one. a leg. Oh, one game. One. Oh, boy. Yeah, one Poor game. Guy. One game. In uh, uh, Madrid, yeah. I think. Yeah. It's on the 1st of June. So it's still like a month away. So it's a all all uh, England uh, Champions League final. It's also an all England Europa League final uh, with Chelsea going against Arsenal. Mm. So... Uh, this is uh, this is record-breaking stuff here. Four Premier League clubs making up uh, four spots in the uh, European Cups. Pretty good. And uh, pretty good. <laughs> it's funny because uh, out of the top six, Man United, Man United's like the only one playing for nothing. Because you got you have City, who if they get three points on uh, Sunday, Sunday, they're crown champions. So then you got Chelsea, Arsenal, and uh, Liverpool, Tottenham. Man United, the only team not playing for something. Oh, I feel so horrible for their fan base. Well, and and um, City has the FA Cup final as well coming up. Against. Against uh, is it Wolves? Yeah, 
Go ahead Watford. look that up. Watford. Wa- Watford, Watford okay. was playing Wolves in the semifinal. Okay. Um, yeah, it's... What, what this really tells me is, imagine if the Premier League had playoffs. How, ele- oh how electric God. it would be instead of saying, oh, well, all City has to do is march in and win like they always do. Oh, you're crown champions. But Can you imagine if the NHL did that? But I, like, suck. Look, at, look at City. They're not terrible. City's not like the last champions. The last league. month of the season wouldn't have even been fun. No. When did no. the light, the Lightning locked up the President's Trophy in March, right? They locked up a playoff spot in like January. Yeah, it's like they wouldn't do that. Yeah, so pointless. Manchester City plays Brighton. All they have to do is win the game to win the league. Yeah, Brighton, who's barely a squad. Yeah. Um. I mean. And yes, and, if, and City, Premier, if City didn't even make it to the semifinals in the Champions League. So, thanks to uh, thanks to uh, Tottenham, by the way. So to, to th- just throwing that in there. Yeah. So to think that just playing out a season and all the regular season games and that crowns your champion, I think, is a little juvenile. I mean, that's why Champions League is so fun because it is basically playoffs. I mean, they they do have you know they have Champions League for those who don't who are still good. They get into Euro- Europa League, so they have. They have uh, cups you're playing for in the FA Cup, which is a cup for the uh, all the English teams. Yeah, in all divisions. But it would just it would be it would be super fun for the Premier League to have playoffs. Yeah, I mean, even if it, even if it's just like it doesn't make the top it doesn't make sense teams. why like every other competition in football is playoff based. Yeah, Bes- but, but I mean, besides the one where you play a bunch of games, does <laughs> doesn't really add up. Yeah, well, maybe we could have a uh, an Englishman come on here and try to uh, debate debate their system over our uh, American playoff system. Explain yourself. I, I I really don't get it. I don't really know anybody that does. Explain yourself, sir or madam. How does this work? Why don't you do playoffs? Yeah, sure, you had a great season, but shouldn't you have to prove it when it's all on the line? Best versus best? Not Man City versus Brighton? Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's get to some segments. We'll wrap up here. Ryan, you wanted to give a shout-out to somebody? Well, as you know, the number one. Roll dive. Drawing two. Feed it up top. O'Keefe. O'Keefe brings the curtain down on a classic. Thank you, Andrew. That was uh, Penn State lacrosse winning the Big Ten Championship. They are ranked number one in the country. And the NCAA lacrosse tournament kicks off tomorrow. 16-team tournament. Um, the final four is in Philadelphia at Lincoln Financial Field. And I just wanted to give a shout-out to the number one-ranked Penn State Nittany Lions, who only had one loss all year. They are the favorite to win the tournament and have never won a tournament game. 
in their history. So the expectations are there. And uh, on Sunday, they face off against UMBC. And I can't tell you how much excitement it brings me for a chance to absolutely tear apart a Maryland team right. in, in lacrosse. But lacrosse is a really fun sport to watch. Um, we're all, we're all I'm really looking forward to watching them. Hopefully, they can they can get on a little uh, a little run. We're here. all familiar with it following. being uh, Maryland natives for oh, yeah, some t- long times. All three of us. Yeah, NBC, yeah. Johns Hopkins, Maryland, Towson. Hate them all. So we might uh, we might end up playing Loyola Maryland in the second round. Right, for, from the Loyola Maryland. Correct? That's my uh, that's my dad's alma mater. Oh, Maryland and Greyhounds? Maryland and Towson are yeah. squaring off on the other side. Johns Hopkins is on the other side, so I mean, there's a chance he could be. We could be playing uh, pretty much all Maryland teams. All yeah, Maryland Penn schools. The world. All Maryland schools and Penn State. I just I hope it goes well. There, all the ex- expectations are there. They, sh- I mean, they should at least be making the the semifinals with how good they were this year. Um, so we'll be watching. Tune in. Uh, Noon on ESPNU on Sunday. Penn State takes on UMBC. Be there, be square. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, one really, really quick tidbit. The uh, selection special for the uh, NCAA softball tournament is uh, Sunday also. So I, I get I get really into the softball tournament. I fill out a bracket and everything. I Sweet love brackets, guys. Jesus. I'm going to fill I'm gonna fill out a softball bracket, and I'll let you guys know who I have uh who I have in the Women's College World Series. I, just, I can't get behind a sport where their wall is like 200 feet away. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like little pop flies are flying way over the wall. Well, ah. we'll see what happens. I think, well, I'm, think I'm probably going to have Oklahoma winning the whole thing. Sure. We'll see if I change my mind. Sure. I don't, I don't know about that pick, but uh, I'll, I'll trust you. Sydney, Sydney Romero. Look her up. She's good. I was going to say, Andrew, Andrew you, you, you've been bold this entire podcast. I'm going to go ahead and assume that that's a bold pick. Um, well, they're number one in the country right now. So. Softball have, like, the same uh, good teams that baseball does? Uh, some are. Li- some little are. Little difference? Yeah, like, UCLA is good in both this year. Uh, Texas usually has good in both sides. Uh, you know, you get your Arizona States. Arizona State was like in the top ten at one point in baseball this year, but they like don't they totally fell off. Yeah, they took a they took a shit. They're not even ranked anymore. They'll probably still make the tournament though. So there's a ba- uh, ba- there's so much more parity in the uh, college baseball tournament. The softball one, you just like pick the higher <laughs> you pick the higher seed pretty much, and you're gonna be okay. But uh, yeah, well, I failed a baseball baseball bracket too. By the way, so you guys didn't. Of course, Andrew, you fill out every bracket for every sport. Don't yeah, lie I fill to, out a bracket. Don't lie to the people. Anything. Um, you know what? Shit, I'll fill out a uh, lacrosse bracket. I was gonna say, I'm surprised you have. I'm surprised you haven't already. Uh, all the way. Sticking, of sticking with baseball. Uh, the Red Sox played the Orioles uh, this week, and they took two out of three. We're, Red Sox are finally back to 500. Did you ask uh, how the Oriole bird felt about that? Was that embarrassing to lose one game out of uh, three? You mean two out of three? No. Embarrassing as a Red Sox fan to lose one out of three. Embarrassing. I mean, 
Well, that's yeah. that's what the Oriole bird and all the uh, Orioles faithful seem to think, that it's super embarrassing to lose a baseball game to the Orioles. Right. Orioles fans. The Orioles are supposed to go one zero oh, and one sixty two. If they win a game, then like that other team should be shamed. Orioles fans need to pick a fucking side. Is what they need to do. Nationals fans used to do the same thing to the Phillies back in the day. You Orioles fans. Oh, we we won three out of four. Oh, sorry, it wasn't a four game sweep. My bad. <laughs> Phillies must suck. Then we'll just go win the World Series. But the Phillies suck. They lost to the worst team in baseball. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. At home. Yeah, and the worst team in baseball loses a lot of times. I mean, did I say the worst? The best team in baseball loses a lot of times. Yeah. Uh, can I – let me – you, you can be the best team in baseball and lose 62 times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but, yeah, Orioles fans, pick a side, please. If you're going to embrace the we suck thing, fine. Great. If you want to make an attempt to be competitive with a double-A roster outside of Trey Mancini, fine. Do that. I don't really care, but pick a goddamn side. If you're going to say, oh, yeah, we suck, and was it embarrassing to lose to the Orioles on Monday? Sure, but also the Orioles were the worst team in baseball last year and won 47 times. It's like... I just have one thing to say. Go. This is Birdland. This is big. Oh, my God. Was that around during your time in Maryland, Andrew? Uh, I think it, the commercials. I think were like just starting. Well, they had they had a uh, they had a different slogan every year. One of them was uh, "Ain't baseball great?" I think that was no, um, no. Orioles baseball is not great. No. By the way, while we're on the subject of baseball, I'm definitely gonna fill out a home run derby bracket too. My God. <laughs> um, yeah, join me in. Join in with uh, with this. Really how about fun. you uh, start a league? And uh, you can sw- you can swear off against the listeners. <laughs> uh, I also there was also a uh, a little tweet that I saw. It was members of the Boston Red Sox, specifically Eduardo Nunez, ah. Rafael Rafael Devers, and and uh, Xander Bogarts. They were <laughs> at they were uh, learning. I and I cannot stress this enough. Learning. How to pick crabs, which is a Baltimore staple, as both of you know. Um, and Eduardo Nunez was being very funny with the uh, crab hammer and just hit the top of the shell, clearly making a joke. Who's never done that uh, before? Who? Yeah, jokes. We don't know what jokes are. What I, are those? I, lived in Maryland, I think I lived in Maryland for like 10 years, and I probably still don't know how to pick a crab. Well, that's we don't find that surprising from you. Right. Well, that's true. I also don't know how to make grilled cheese, so... He's not. He's not so, well in the food uh, department. Yes, and I also I also can't stress this enough. All three of them are from foreign countries. Uh, so and then uh, Orioles fan problem problems uh, wants to quote tweet the uh, Boston Red Sox and says, and I quote, "What the?" And in parentheses. And, and I can't stress this enough, fuck are these guys doing? I'll admit the wording of that tweet actually made me laugh out loud. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> I, I, I do. The fact I, that they, they put the parentheses in there made me laugh. <laughs> that Every time somebody does that, that does make me laugh, I will admit. I've, I've never seen it, actually, before, until then. Um, and I, and yeah. I can't stress this enough, fuck I, are these guys doing? <laughs> I do, I do. 
I do that's love the funny. parentheses. I do love the parentheses. However, yeah, that's however, but what, what would you expect? But yeah, the, however, the whole posse joined along and. Oh, oh my God! These guys don't know what they're doing. Get these fuckers back to Boston. It's like, okay, maybe they wanted to experience something new, considering they're in Baltimore. They're trying to embrace your fucking culture. God forbid they try some fucking crabs. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, like, seriously. they should come to Philly, and if they don't know how to eat a cheesesteak, I'm going to just roast them on Twitter for it. Yeah, if they don't know how to order a cheesesteak, then yeah, fuck them. Get them it, out of the goddamn city. It, it also dawned on me that, uh, you know, what if they what if they eat crabs on the reg, and they just eat it differently than how Maryland people eat it? How is it? Who are you to fucking judge how they eat a crab? Marylanders would be up in arms. You can eat a crab however the fuck you want. There's just a way that Marylanders typically eat it. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not even coming after, like, all Marylanders. I'm not. It's just a I'll come after group. every single one. Come at me. I'm right here. That is, that's your, that's your stance. I'm not, but, I mean, it's just a certain group, and... Uh, hey, we all know firsthand. That, yeah. I mean, I, I got it in school growing up. Oh, you're a Red Sox fan, but you're not from Boston? What the fuck's wrong with you? Well, I guess Andrew was more uh, D.C. area. Yeah, which... So he, did, he didn't get, quite get full Baltimore, but he still... He's still. Uh... No, I was like, I was like Annapolis. Yeah. So, so uh, well, okay. I, I, I thought, I thought my school was like pretty evenly divided between like Washington sports fans. And oh well, Annapolis fans. is definitely he's got some uh, stuck-up seafood uh, elitists there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Holy hell! That think... that DC United game uh, I went to last year when before their new stadium opened in Annapolis, there were like people were all wearing all their fancy clothes and shit. There was some. Uh, uh, I don't know, some polo tournament or something? <laughs> polo? Yeah, like on, like on the horses. Were they in England? <laughs> polo or cro- croquet or some shit. Some, like, just, like, yeah. stupid elite game. Right. And it was very, very weird demographic. There were people in soccer jerseys. There were the whatever, all that crap going on. And then, then there was a bunch of, like, uh, preppy, preppy people with all their like vineyard vine shit on, and it was uh, it's interesting. Nice place though. Yeah, it's very nice. At best cream of crab, without a doubt, is in Annapolis, Maryland. I'll, yep, I'll uh, I'll give you that one for sure. Guys, I I zoned out for a little bit there because my mind was uh, wandered off. I just thought of a really funny rank similar for next week. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Write it down. Um, I can't wait for it actually. Um yeah, to wrap to wrap that up, just I mean or I mean the Orioles fans love to trigger uh, the Boston people which, you know what? Success. However, <laughs> however, Eduardo Nunez is trying to make a joke clearly, but I mean, you you people take your shit so fucking seriously, at least a certain demographic of you do. Uh, either way, Chris Sale uh, made you his bitch on Wednesday. Went eight innings, struck out fourteen. Uh, only went eight innings. Over against the worst oh, team yeah, in baseball, eight. he must suck. 
He wow. was terrible. He was terrible, even though he struck out 14. And, oh, by the way, had a fucking immaculate inning. And for those of you who don't know what that is, it's throwing nine pitches, all strikes, and striking everybody out. Do you guys want to know the stat of the day? Stat of the yeah, day. I'm stat of the day. The, I'm looking at the MLB standings right now. Yeah. Do you guys know what the Orioles' uh, run differential is? Oh, uh, minus, minus 69. <laughs> Is that really it? It's minus 69. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Be- because and you know because what... that was the run differential, I just want to give a shout-out to uh, my boy, Rob Gronkowski, who is now into retirement. Right. That is his favorite number. And in big yeah. big news in the uh, model world, his girlfriend, Camille Kostick, is uh, the SI swimsuit cover model. Good for her. She is gorgeous. Good for him. I, I hope I wish yeah. them lots of sixty nines in the future. And I and I want to point out uh, the reason that the Orioles run differential is at minus sixty nine is because of Andrew Benatendi hitting hitting a home run in the twelfth inning. And, oh man, and, hell of a first name. And Jackie Bradley Jr. absolutely robbing Trey Mancini. How is it minus sixty nine after? Johnny, did you know uh, Andrew Benatendi played in the College World Series? I did. Arkansas, baby. Mm-hmm. That's Jackie, what you get. That's what you get when you watch college baseball. You never know. Jackie Bradley also played in it. You know where he went to school? I don't, actually. South Carolina. Uh, the Gamecocks. Uh, Back-to-back championships. Um, well, it's been a fun episode. Uh, clearly, I'm yeah. a moron again, but that's to be Not expected. Not as big as me, though. That's to be expected. That's right, Andrew. I did get you two to one today. Mel Blunt, not a safety. Not a safety. Wrong video. Uh, I guess. However, I guess I yeah. come out on top then. I yeah, think Ryan, you do. You were just neutral. All you had to be was neutral. Today. <laughs> no negative Blunt. points today. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan went even, so he's good. He was he's even good. strength. He was a, his plus minus was zero. Just, um, just uh, tapping in those bars, baby. Yep. Uh, yep. I'm a moron, but, I mean, that's to be expected out of me. So, uh, we will have a quiz for you guys on Wednesday. Should be a shorter episode, uh, because we didn't want to extend too long. Uh, So, with that said, we will see you guys next week.